My classmate, Father James Dominic Rooney, is probably the most brilliant man I am personally friends with. He, his sister once said to us when we were in the novitiate that he has the intellectual ability that if he really had become a scientist, he could have cured cancer. He's just a brilliant, brilliant man. His, and not only that, but his uh, appetite for learning is immense. And his productivity is ridiculous. When I speak with him on the phone, oftentimes, I'll, what are you working on? Well, I had one book contract that just got put out. I'm working on a third, and during breakfast, I wrote an article for an academic journal. He's like, what did you do today? And I was like, I heard confessions for an hour. Thought about reading a book. He's just an incredible, incredible guy. When we were novices together many years ago, he said, I remember one of the first things he said is that his dream as a priest was to get his doctorate in philosophy and go and teach philosophy in China. And he's actually in Hong Kong now. He teaches in one of the universities there. He teaches philosophy. And when he first got there a couple of years ago, he and I were talking, and it's very hard to coordinate times when I think we're on exactly a 12 or 13 hour time difference. We figure it out every now and again. And the first time he was there, we were talking, and I was asking, well, how are your classes going? What are you teaching? And he's filling me in. And I asked him, what are, what are some of the challenges you're facing there? Thinking that most of them would be cultural or you know, being on the other side of the world or something along those lines, living in China during the COVID pandemic. And he said, actually, one of the hardest things that he talked about was in his classes was getting the students in philosophy to give him the answers that they were thinking, not the ones that they thought he wanted them to say. In philosophical terms, we talk about the search for truth is what's called a dialectic, where you, answer into the, you enter into this system of asking questions, of saying things in the pursuit of truth. And in philosophy in particular, we have to be willing to say and to think things that are not true or that might be uncomfortable in order to get to the truth. It's not about giving the other person what they think is the right answer. It's about trying to get to the right answer. And that's a messy and difficult project. And he was saying that he not only was teaching them a particular topic in philosophy, but also trying to help them learn how to be philosophers and how difficult that is, especially for an adult who's entering into it for the first time. When I think back on that conversation, I think of one of the things that he was pointing out is something we all struggle with in our world today is that we feel that we have to give people what they expect us to give. We have to be attentive to all of the things that are going on in the world, say the right things, say the right things, not only the right things, but to the right people. And this can be overwhelming for us. Recently, studies have shown that the levels of anxiety and loneliness, especially among young people, are at the highest that they've ever been. Such is the reality that here at St. Paul's we've been blessed to hire a clinical psychologist, Nina Castronova, to work primarily with our students who are struggling with that. But the reality is that in this hyper-intense informational world, we feel not only do we have to know everything that's going on, but we have to give the right answer to the right people. Now, prudence dictates that we, we talk with people in different ways, right? I sit now on my provincial council, and there are certain things I cannot share with the brothers in this community, even though we're in the province, because it's behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on within the province that may or may not take place, but it requires discretion. 
I may also, in my conversation, share a bit more of my heart with someone I trust than someone I don't, but the hope is that we're always sharing the best that we can with other people. But when we only focus on the things of this world and giving people what they think or what we think they want from us, we end up totally immersed in the world. And it drives us to crazy things. In the gospel today, we hear of these tenants, these workers in the field of this landowner. The landowner asks for the most reasonable thing in the world, his produce. He owns the land. And what do they do? They kill the servants and eventually his son. A most irrational thing. What has the owner done to provoke such hostility? Asked for his due. And yet they've responded so vehemently, so violently. And we too do this in our own lives. When we're so caught up in the things around us, in the hot takes and being immersed in this world and all the material things, we end up saying and doing things that are hurtful toward other people. Because, not because it's, we need to respond that way. We feel that that's the only possible response. The world offers us the things that we think will make us happy. Power, honor, pleasure, and wealth. If we remain in that world of seeking power, honor, pleasure, and wealth, we are just like the tenants in the gospel. We are hate-filled. We are violent. We don't think that we are. We think we have a just and righteous cause. But we are pitiful and wicked. We are in need of transformation and conversion, each and every one of us. And so into this mix, into this chaos, into the world and our own experiences, St. Paul tells us this, have no anxiety at all. And that should cut us to the heart. Not be a little anxious. Have no anxiety at all. How is that possible? With everything that's going on in each and every one of our lives, how is it possible for us to have no anxiety at all? What a ridiculous thing to even suggest. Years ago, I was with my parents up at our retirement. I was spending the summer at our retirement community in Chicago, and we were watching the fireworks on the 4th of July and all the, all the community members are sitting out there and my mom and dad and I are standing together and my mom and dad had just gotten there that day. And they said, well, how old is father so-and-so? Well, he's 94, he's 88, he's 93. And I said to my parents, I, I guess, I, I don't know why, but I guess priests just can live longer unless they have cancer or heart attack or something. My dad goes, you don't know why? I can tell you why. They've never had to pay a mortgage or give their kids braces or put them through college. That's why they're 94 years old and living a great life. And I remember th sitting there thinking, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably pretty true. But we have anxieties in our life. We have tensions in our life, right? As pastor here, I mean, the reality is there are anxieties and things of leading a parish on a, on a big secular university campus. There's anxieties there. There's anxieties that come from the fact that there are so many things in this church right now that are starting to fall apart and we have to fix those. There are so many things that can give us anxiety in reg regardless of our way of life. But in a personal conversion that I've had the last six to eight months or so is all of a sudden I've realized that if I get obsessed with those little things, if, I just, if I, all I do is I think and I pray about 
the electrical system or the flooring in the church, guess what? I'm going to be a hot mess and I'm going to hurt people. When St. Paul is saying, he's saying have no anxiety at all, then he gives advice to us. In prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Give it to Jesus. Give it to the Lord. Entrust your cares to him. First and foremost, we have to give the Lord our hearts. Everything else is predicated upon that. So give to Jesus your heart. Give him everything that's on your heart. One of the things we have to learn in love is that to love others is to love the good parts, but especially to love the bad parts. And Jesus wants to love us in our brokenness. But how often do we think, I don't want to give this to Jesus. He wants that. Give it to him. But not only give Jesus your heart, St. Paul tells us, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Instead of worrying about power, honor, pleasure, wealth, or the vicissitudes of our life, focus on the things that are transcendent, that are eternal. And so what does that look like for us? Well, I'll give you an example from my own life because I don't want to put anyone else on the spot. One of the things that causes me anxiety and tension is there are people in my life who I love deeply who have turned from God and rejected the faith in every aspect of their life. And it breaks my heart. It renders me speechless and it brings me to tears oftentimes. But instead of just worrying about that all the time, what is St. Paul telling us to do? Instead of having anxiety about that, bring that to Jesus in prayer, but then think about all of those lovely, wonderful things in this world. So what does that mean? Instead of just being so frustrated that this person whom I love so dearly is far from the Lord, I have to think about, well, what is love? Who is love? And the beautiful part about our Catholic faith is that God has revealed this to us. Who is love? God. What is love? As the scholastics would say, to will the good of the other as other. It's something that we do. Okay, all right, I get that. Now the second piece of that is, who are the people in my life that I think I love? Okay, now, is what love is what I do for them? No, it isn't. It could be better. Now the thing for me then to do is to say, okay, well, how can I then love that person better? What are the things and the steps that I can take to love others, to serve others? to be an image of Christ for them. And now all of a sudden, that thing that has given me stress and tension and difficulty is converted by Jesus through His grace, through His mercy, into something positive, into something proactive, into something that changes the world for the good instead of tension and stress that I just hold in my chest until I die. We see in the Gospel what happens when we hold on to the things of this world, the tensions and the stresses and the anxieties. It leads us to kill. The first person to die is me. And then others. But this is not the way that Jesus has for us. Have no anxiety at all. Bring your hearts to the Lord. Meditate, think about, study those sacred truths so that you can comport your life to what is good, beautiful and true and fully revealed by Jesus. Then, as St. Paul tells us, the God of peace will be with you.